charting our own course, questioning Australia's involvement in US-led wars and the Australian-United States Alliance, a People's Inquiry, the findings of the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network, exploring the case for an independent and peaceful Australia. What are the costs and consequences of Australia's involvement in US-led wars and the Australia-US Alliance? What are the alternatives? This is a review of this excellent book put out by IPAN and we'll be going through uh, the various chapters and the various writers. Uh, But the first thing that you notice about this book are the contributors. The most serious problem with the book is that there is no submission from either Labour, Liberal or Greens parties as organisations. Those major parties chose not to make any submissions on a question of such importance. If we go through the various organisations represented here, we can see that there are the peace groups like the People for Nuclear Disarmament. Uh, There's a a range of of community organisations and also there are a number of trade unions the National Tertiary Education Union, a community group, the Australia-Cuba Friendship Society, Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, the Australian section, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons in Australia, the Wage Peace Organisation, Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church, the Arch diocese of of catholic sydney uh, the peace and justice of office the international volunteers for peace the medical association for the prevention of war australia the australian student christian movement the union of australian women the spirit of eureka victoria just to name some of some of them the campaign for international cooperation and disarmament blue mountains permaculture institute Peace Studies, a section of the University of New England, the Electrical Trades Union Queensland and Northern Territory Divisions, the Bring Julian Assange Home Campaign, Vintage Reds from Canberra, IPAN Southwest Regional Victoria, Quaker Peace and Legislation Committee Religious Society of Friends in Australia, and the International Association of People's Lawyers. Australia West Papua Association, South Australia, the Australian East Timor Friendship Association, Earth Worker Cooperative, Pax Christi Australia. There we, there we, there, that's just some of them. The Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation, Bagon Aliasong Macabayan Bayan Australia Group, Pache Ebene Australia. I think I've named a lot of them. Uh, Baltazar for Migrante Australia. Quite a number of individuals. So it's a very widely submitted publication. What are the findings of this inquiry? There was a questionnaire issued about the Australia-US alliance and our relationship with Australia over the AUKUS submarine decision. Opinion was divided as to whether the United States would come to Australia's aid if Australia's security was threatened, with 34% agreeing and with 35% disagreeing. That's broadly it. 85% of the survey agreed or strongly agreed that Australia's alliance with the US makes it more likely that Australia could be drawn into a war that is not in its interests. 
and only 6% of respondents did not believe Australia could be drawn into such a war due to the alliance. 75% said that the US alliance Australia could be drawn into a war with China. 90% agreed that both houses of the Australian Parliament should debate and vote on any decision to commit Australian troops and resources to overseas military operations. 81% agreed that Australia's national security has been damaged by its support and participation with the US conflicts in places like Iraq and Afghanistan. In other words, the alliance puts us at risk. 78% agreed that Australia's international reputation has been harmed by its constant support for and participation in US foreign policy. 84% said that Australia's active adherence to US foreign policy has had a somewhat or significantly negative impact on Australia's deteriorating trade relationship with China over recent years. I think there is an overemphasis generally of Australia's impact on the world. It's a country which has very little attention given to it by the larger powers in the Northern Hemisphere. 14% believe that Australia is, a, is safer as a result of the presence of US military forces and intelligence gathering installations in places such as the Joint Defence Facility at Pine Gap and at Northwest Cape. I think it's wrong to call it a joint defence facility. It's, a, it's an installation purely for the purposes of the United States. And it was because of the, the fact that Whitlam was having a look at Pine Gap as to see just how much involvement Australia had in it. Whitlam once famously said about Indonesia, don't ask me, you have to ask the Americans about what Indonesia's doing. And that was just on the eve of the East Timor invasion by Indonesia, given the OK by the US president the day before by Gerald Ford and the infamous Henry Kissinger, who were visiting Jakarta and gave the generals the OK to invade East Timor, resulting in the horrible genocide. Uh, 51% said Australia would be better off if it was to end its alliance with the United States, while 10% believe that there would be no change and 20% believe Australia would be worse off. So there we have it. That's pretty much what came out of the inquiry questionnaire. And then we have a number of submissions by people in the uh, early chapters of the book, a foreword written by the IPAN chairperson, Annette Brownlee, in which she acknowledges the submissions made by people and gives a background to the IPAN People's Inquiry into exploring the case for an independent and peaceful Australia. Chapters 1 to 8, um, they've got several eminent people to make submissions. The first is by Terry Mason, which is on the impact on First Nations people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island perspective. Dr. Vince Scapatura talks about military and defence. Dr. Alison Bronowski talks about foreign policy. Greg Barnes talks about political, including democratic rights. The Associate Professor Jeannie Ray talks about unions and workers' rights. Ian Lowe talks about environment and climate change. The Very Reverend Peter Catt talks about social and community. And Dr. Chad Satlery talks about economic issues. There's some recommendations that have been made 
The first one was that assaults by overseas military force members on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, there should be data collected, there should be protection put in place from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders being sexually assaulted or physically assaulted by overseas military forces and there should be a dealing with the alleged offenders from overseas under Australian law. Health and environment protection, the Australian government should ensure no exemption from health protocols for members of overseas military forces in order to protect the public from risk of disease and other health risks. And there should be an establishment of a national register of military pollution and an allocation of an adequate budget to remediate polluted environments and compensate affected communities on the uh, health impacts. Uh, the, uh, there should be consultation with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people uh, to practice adequate, appropriate and meaningful consultation with legitimate stakeholders and custodians in all consultations and negotiations. The use of lands, waters in accordance with the UN concept of free, prior and informed consent. There should be a, a place a greater priority on the legitimate interests of the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the use of and proper maintenance of their lands where there is a conflict between stakeholders. There's a position of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people should be dominant, not subservient, as is currently the case under the native title and military arrangements. There should be an amendment to the West Australian Aboriginal Heritage Act to ensure that the provision of continuing appropriate regard for consultation and exercise of custodianship over lands and waters. There should be an engagement in meaningful modern treaties with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Regarding military and defence, there should be um, the Australian government should redefine what it understands by defence and security to include wider concepts of human security and common security. There should be um, a prioritisation as a matter of urgency that of the existential threats of climate change and nuclear war, including joining the UN Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. And there should be urgent attention given to the prevention of a new Cold War between US and China. Regarding the United Nations, the Australian Government should promote the role and purposes of the United Nations in maintaining international peace and security. Diplomacy, the Australian Government should shift its focus away from what it recognises as national defence to a more comprehensive diplomacy to better ensure Australia's national security. A new defence policy for Australia, the Australian Government should engage in extensive community consultations to develop new defence policy for Australia and uphold the fundamental objective of protecting Australia's territorial, air and maritime approaches without foreign assistance. Under the War Powers Act, the Australian Government should undertake necessary action to ensure that the authority to commit Australian military forces overseas rests with the Australian Parliament. Regarding the ANZUS Treaty, the Australian Government should review and renegotiate ANZUS in line with what is most appropriate for Australia's national security. For, regarding overseas military presence in Australia, 
the Australian government should eliminate all overseas military presence from military bases in Australia. Under the War Powers Act, the Australian Parliament should legislate to ensure the decision to go to war lies with the Federal Parliament. Regarding diplomacy, the Australian government should strive to achieve diplomatic and military uh, diplomatic, not military, resolution of conflict and differences at the international level. They should invest additional resources to improve relations with Australia's neighbours. Regarding nuclear weapons, the Australian government should explicitly reject all use of nuclear weapons in pursuing Australia's national security and sign and ratify the UN Treaty on Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. Bipartisanship. The Australian Labor Party should abandon bipartisanship and pursue a new pathway forward on foreign and defence policy and lead public consultations towards an independent national security strategy. Uh, regarding political and democratic rights, there needs to be a, a republic referendum. Australia must become a republic to exercise an independent foreign policy the Australian government should give the Australian people the opportunity to vote in a referendum on the Republic. <coughs> Pardon me. War powers. The Australian Parliament should pass a law that the decision to go to war must be voted on by the Parliament. There's uh, and whistleblowers. Um, the Australian government should introduce a strong protection under law for whistleblowers and all citizens' civil liberties. There should be an introduction of a public and transparent national anti-corruption body. Regarding union and workers' rights, the Australian government should redirect national budget priorities from industries that provoke, enable and sustain war towards investments in socially and environmentally just and sustainable jobs and production, should embrace alternative ways of creating jobs and increasing national economic independence, including um, through member-owned cooperatives and using money held in superannuation funds. We should disengage from foreign policy alliances that incline Australia into conflicts that justify military production. Environment and climate change, there's, the Australian government should legislate the use, of only, the use of only warships that use an energy source other than nuclear that joint military exercises should discontinue those with the United, for United States forces, such as Talisman Sabre, as the biosecurity risk of military vessels that refuse to be scrutinised are unacceptable. Regarding nuclear weapons, the Australian government should join the nations that have already adopted the UN Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons and worked actively for a wider adoption adoption of that treaty. Regarding the environment, the Australian government should work to ensure the broader societal goal for net zero greenhouse gas emissions, necessarily including a commitment by military to operate without the release of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, should formally acknowledge the appalling environmental damage caused by US-led wars in Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, and strengthen its determination that our nation will never again be involved in such ill-considered and deeply destructive military operations. As regards military expenditure, 
the Australian government should reassess and reduce the current commitment to spend 2% of gross national product on defence military expenditure levels in order to increase the expenditure on climate change responses and increase the budget allocation on foreign aid to meet UN target of 0.7% of gross national income. Regarding social and community issues, the Australian government should conduct an inquiry into the role of the media players in promoting US-Australian alliance and Australia's strategic relationship with the US. There should be an investigation to introduction of a living wage as a means for building social cohesion across Australia. The Australian government should introduce a plan to work towards establishing a democratic framework for the exercise of war powers. And the Australian government should recast the defence budget to limit expenditure to only that which is required to effectively defend Australia. That um, the Australian government should increase funding for veteran support services, and there should be an apology to this, the, to a formal apology to the military personnel sent to fight on Australia's behalf in Iraq and Afghanistan, and to their families for putting their lives, physical and mental health, at risk for wars joined to support Australia's alliance with the US. Regarding child protection, introduce robust policies and procedures, safeguards to assess all requests from military representatives for visits to school and educational institutions with young people under the age of 18, should overhaul the Status of Forces Agreement and its implementation to assure, ensure child protection is undertaken responsibly, that all alleged sexual offenders are dealt with under Australian law and there be a prohibition on military sponsorship of activities relating to and participation in by people under the age of 18. The defence industry impact. The Australian government should establish a parliamentary inquiry into the societal impacts of the Australian defence industry. The Australian government should identify and nationalise all strategic sectors of the economy, should build up industries specialising in the manufacture of self-defence technologies focusing on the best suited to our specific geography and regarding democracy and integrity the Australian government should establish a process through which Australian citizens can have a direct voice in the level of defence spending in the country, should establish legislation to ban political donations from defence manufacturers and should legislate for the extensive public transparency of all defence manufacturing contracts. So, without going into the meat of each article, um, and look at, we will look at some of the graphics that have been produced in this excellent book. There's a call there for the need to have a, a republic referendum. Um, I think, you know, from my point of view, a republic referendum failed. It failed because we were given only two choices, and that was between an executive-run referendum, which is really just replacing an overseas monarch with an Australian citizen, and the other one was that we just have um, a sort of a people's republic where the president is elected by the people. But I think we need more than that. I think we need a socialist republic, something where the people who produce the wealth, they have the power to 
make decisions about Australia's progress in the world and to highlight the fact that we are not a national identity of people. We are international. We're part of uh, a world community. Regarding the the whistleblowers, I think that the Australian government should insist that the US drop all charges against Julian Assange for his role in exposing the war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan. I don't think it's enough to say that the energy the sources powering warships should should be in other than nuclear. I don't think that we should be using fossil fuels to power our warships. I don't, I question the need for warships. I just can't see how that they really really would assist Australia. Australia's best defence is the fact that it's a remote location in, on the planet. There, there can be other ways of, of looking at that. I definitely agree with the with discontinue all military exercises with the US. We should close down Pine Gap and the other spy agencies around Australia's continent. I don't know about an apology to veterans and families. I think that there should be real compensation given to those people that suffered. But I think the Australian military personnel did participate in war crimes in both in Afghanistan and Iraq, and I think they should be brought to trial. Regarding democratic rights, I think that we definitely have to find alternatives to the making of these war machines or assembling of war machines here in Australia whether they be electronic or whether they be something like the Bushmaster armoured vehicles that we're sending over to the Ukraine at the moment. I just think that all monies that have been sent in that direction, but particularly by governments such as the Queensland Labor government, that should be discontinued and those monies should be developing an electric vehicle manufacturing uh, facility in Queensland. As regards the Ukraine war, I think Australia should withdraw all support from that war and should insist that there be a negotiated settlement between uh, uh, the warring parties and particularly there should be a referendum of the Ukrainian people as to whether they want to be part of NATO or part of an alliance with with Russia. That should be a UN-conducted referendum, particularly in the eastern regions of Donetsk and Luhansk, and also in Crimea. Um, I think that we should also definitely hone in on this agreement that Australia, the United Kingdom and the US made about the nuclear submarines. I just can't see it as being viable from any point of view. I doubt very much whether the US can deliver, uh, and I'm pretty sure that the United Kingdom can't deliver because it has its troubles actually delivering its own submarine systems. There should be an immediate break with in that agreement. Good long look at what's best to patrol Australian waters, uh, whether there should be any submarines at all because um, of the nature of um, satellite technology. Uh, its surveillance capacity is a lot is a lot greater. I don't know about sending people to to war. (laughs) Definitely I'm opposed to sending people to the South China Sea. That's ludicrous. There's been no evidence that China has any interest in attacking Australia. Quite the reverse. It looks like uh, China is uh, very happy to take our iron ore and our coal. I think we should stop sending coal to China and I think we should definitely continue to send China our wheat and other 
uh, grain products, uh, but anything that relates to um, increasing the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere, I think we should desist from doing that. There's been a bit of discussion about um, foreign policy and the role of the United Nations. The United Nations has been unable to stop uh, wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, Ukraine, in Vietnam. So I think that there needs to be a really serious look at whether a, a United Nations located in New York is really a viable way to look at world government. There should be a greater emphasis placed on the global south and particularly the undemocratic uh, colonisation that continues in these areas by the richer nations. Uh, definitely there should be a break with Israel on all levels. There should be immediate boycott, divestments and sanctions placed on Israel by the Australian government and there should be an encouragement for other countries that we have relationship with to support BDS as well. Uh, that war is a terrible war that's been going now uh, since 1948 when Australia's Foreign Minister Doc Evatt sponsored the um, two-state solution. I don't think any country should tell Palestinians how to conduct their struggle for political and democratic rights and they should just back off I don't think um, the two-state solution is at all viable. So there's been some things that have not been mentioned. Uh, it, it's it's a, there's a limitation on what can be looked at. Um, uh, I think that Australia's involvement in East Timor it should be a, a very important look at that with respect to our support, really tacit support for Indonesian colonisation of West Papua and military intervention there. I think that uh, we should disengage from the Indonesian military. There should be no no joint exercises, no selling of um, warplanes or warships or anything to Indonesia. I think that peace is union business and the union should be uh, supported in their campaigns against, um, you know, against war. But th this can't happen unless workers' rights are given greater priority in in the Australian um, situation. The workers are not consulted. They don't have meaningful participation in their in the decisions made at the workplace level. And unions should be supported in their attempts to make that possible. I think that there is a, a general uh, lack of understanding by Australian governments of the real impact of the military on um, Aboriginal people and I think they should be given a voice in looking at the very bad impact that they've had on our land, waterways, the country. We, you know, we do know a little bit about what happened in South Australia during the British nuclear testing, but we haven't looked at things like the frontier wars. I think that um, there there should be a real acknowledgement that Australia has been comes out of a conflict conflict between the settler and the First Nations people. the The book does seem to deal with some of these issues, and that's my roundup of this excellent book, which I recommend people to read. Charting our own course. A People's Inquiry. Sadly, I've just heard about the death of Garaway Yunapingu. My respects to the Yolnu people. His dream of a treaty between First Nations people 
and the settlers represented by the government in Canberra never came a reality in his lifetime. And so I think it's only fitting that we should play Treaty, sung by his brother Mundaway Yunipingu. I also wish to play another song, The Quiet of the Winter Moon, by the band Jumping Fences on its 2017 tour of Cuba. Yeah, man. 